8.04 on a Tuesday. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are also brought to you in the third hour by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. You can visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. Before we get to Thomas Drance, I have a special news announcement which pertains to both the Vancouver Canucks and Sportsnet 650. Uh, Tonight, our pregame show is going to be on television. Roger Sportsnet, Sat and Reach, our afternoon guys are going to be on at 3.30. So if you want to see what Sat and Reach look like on TV, not that you haven't seen them before, uh, you can tune in today at 3.30 Sportsnet Pacific. That's your PSA. Just another reason to watch a game tonight, really. I'm very excited for it. Okay, uh, to the phone lines we go. Happy to have our next guest on the program, especially at this point in time. Thomas Drantz from the Athletic Vancouver and Canucks Talk here on the uh, Halford and Brush Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Drancer? Not much, boys. Just finishing a players-only meeting with uh, my dog. Um, nice. He's, he's demanding more accountability from me in terms of a regular flow of treats. Um, look, the Canucks are in trouble now i mean it's only three games you still have the opportunity to stabilize there's some good teams that are 0-3 right the minnesota wild are going to be fine they're 0-3 um so it's not dire yet we're not at a point where we even know enough about this team to to really be reading too much into this it's just so far from the start that this group wanted after last season and you know the first impression they made last year being repeated effectively with brutal special teams the defense looking limited um you know i i do think that comes at a cost in a market that really wants to be excited about this team and has no reason to do so at the moment it's a fair assessment honestly and you know we we've we've talked about this team and tonight's game from a multitude of angles right i mean we we talked to aaron port's line from the athletic and i mean make no mistake the blue jackets are in as bad a shape as the canucks uh, almost ide- no not even almost identical identical goals surrendered identical record identical lack of points which is zero but so, they don't want to be good the difference is is that they don't want to be good what do they want to be well, they want another good draft pick, presumably. But, I mean, they've picked, what, three to- four times in the top 15 in the last two years? Right? I mean, this is a the, – the difference with the Blue Jackets and the Canucks. See, I'm not so sure because Columbus did – I mean, that, that offseason was about winning now. It wasn't about winning down the road. Right? You go out and sign the guys that you signed. Anyway, I didn't really want this to get into a comparative yeah, sort it was, of like it – was, It wasn't a pure rebuilding summer. Because they had to take the opportunity to land the marquee free agent that never chooses Columbus. Mm-hmm. They needed to have the Sally Fields. Like, you like me? You really like me moment? Right, right, right. But, okay. uh, but, I mean, make no mistake. Big picture. Big picture. The Blue Jackets' uh, ability to change course and improve fast is far greater than Vancouver's. So, uh, ha- them having a nightmare start is, feels far lower stakes than it does for the Canucks. Drancer, I want to get your opinion on this. Uh we had this debate, Halford and I, where I asked the question, what is the biggest concern about this Canucks team? And Halford just said the defense. And I was like, yeah, it's a problem. But I wonder if my answer just might be, and it's less, it's less a defined answer. It's just like 
the mix of the group and whether it's the yeah. right types of players in certain roles or even personalities, there's just something off about the chemistry of the team. Uh, which one would you choose? Yeah. I mean, I would go with the defense because that's my like personal hobby horse, right? has been this, it's just so hard to win without, I sort of look at it as, akin to like an offensive line in football, right? A defense that can move the puck gives you the infrastructure to win games yeah, it's your, in the NHL. Yeah, it's your foundation. And and the Canucks just have, as a result, you know, and, and I think we've seen a really good sort of proof positive of it in that, you know, I, like what more can you ask from just about every Canucks forward except, I guess, the opening night JT Miller line, right? I mean, Bo Horvat had a good game last night. The The switch on the lines worked. Right, like his line with Besser and Pearson looked pretty good last night. Thought Pod Colson and Garland had another strong game. I don't think you can ask for more from Elias Pettersson than you got last night, right? Like his deeks, his shiftiness, everything worked for him at five on five and actually on the power play. Like the Canucks even looked good on the power play. I don't know what more you can ask from that group of forwards. Uh, obviously, it wasn't a strong night for Demko. He hasn't had a strong start to the season. Uh, I was checking this morning and, and, Per natural stat trick, only Marc-Andre Fleury uh, has permitted uh, more goals against above expected than Demko uh, through the first week of the season. But, you know, we all know that Demko is going to be fine. Like, we all know what goaltending's like. We all know how variable uh, goaltending performance is like. And I think we all expect Thatcher Demko to have six weeks at some point in the season where he's nigh unbeatable. Um, so for me, it comes back to the defense. And I think you saw a really good um, contrast, like foil for what it looks like with Washington. And in particular, that Orlov Jensen pair, which was able to just function as this effective signal caller all game, right? In a game where neither team really spent a lot of time doing much other than dumping it in. Uh, that pair was able to enter the neutral zone with control, attack off the rush. Um, you know, Jensen had a, a near breakaway opportunity. Like the the Carlson shot that's the game-tying goal is the type of play the Canucks just do not get, cannot get from any defender on their team. Um, you know, Faravari is, is another one. Like just a random find who now plays on Washington's top pair and looked fantastic last night. Uh, that's the gap between these teams. Because I think if you boiled it down to just the forwards, like with the exception of Kuznetsov, and I had to think about that one long and hard because I always want to say Kuzmenko now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, with the exception of Kuznetsov, I don't think you could look at that game last night and say, man, the Capitals have far more dynamic forwards than Vancouver does. No, like no. I thought Vancouver's forwards almost roundly outplayed the Washington Capitals with the exception of, uh, excuse me, Kuznetsov, yeah. and yet the gap in the the level of competence uh, among the defensive group was so decisive. It shaped the entire game for me uh, as I was watching it, and, and I think shaped the entire outcome as the game went along. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I said this earlier. Hughes, no, sorry, uh, Burroughs, Stillman, and Shen, those three, uh, they're six defensemen at best on a good NHL team. Is that fair? Um. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think yeah. it is fair. And and, and, and Juleson, Juleson, God bless him. He shouldn't be in the NHL. That's fair. Yeah, and I, I didn't think he played 
poorly aside from that one shift, right? Like he had one shift that was ugly and everything else was totally fine, uh, which means he gave you about as good a depth game as you can hope for from, you know, the guy who's nine or 10 yeah, on exactly. this organization's like he, depth chart. It's not his fault that he's in there. The injuries have hit and he's the number nine guy. Anytime you get to number nine on your depth chart, you're going to be in that kind of situation. But I go, so cumulatively with all that out there, I looked at it and said, this is probably the biggest reason why they're losing hockey games right now. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of reasons why they're not winning. What about the way they played with the puck when that they is had also a four one. two lead? That is also one. Like, yeah. I think everyone was talking about that. They're like, what what are the Canucks doing there? They're trying to be the Harlem Globetrotters with a four two lead. Maybe don't force all these passes, the, these giveaways, and and everyone was guilty. Of I mean, that. it takes a special mix of badness to do what the Canucks are doing right That's now. True. Yeah. Like, again, they said, they said, well, it I'm not very, even joking. It was they, very diversified. Yeah, th- their portfolio is expansive. They're like, look at all the ways that we're not good at this. Um, the, uh, the, but, the, but look, um, I mean, look, they, they made history. No team in NHL history has started the, th- yeah. the, the, the right no, – in history. Back to the Maroons when forward passes were illegal. Like, nobody has gone 0-3 and not got a single point when they had three consecutive multi-goal leads. Nobody's done yeah. it before. Like, congratulations, you made history. Of all the seasons to do it. Yeah, yeah. like, congrats, well, you made I, history. This is really hard to do. Tough. It's tough. So, to come to the mix thing, right, I, I think it's, like, Boudreaux said the commentary about scared to win and mentally weak, and one thing that did annoy me, just annoy me, right, was the Canucks get the two quick goals, and they look like a totally different team for seven minutes, Right. Um, I think we've seen this a little bit from this group where when things go their way, like they did toward the end of last season, right? I, I, you get Boudreau in, you get the Boudreau bump, and then things snowball for this team in a positive direction, right? The vibes are good, and they're able to build off of that. Um, we've also seen it flow the other way, where when things are going badly for this group, it feels like they can't arrest it. There's just It, it just keeps going badly. And so, you know... I think we saw that yesterday in the third period. Like once things started to go against them, there was a certain tightness, a certain inevitability about how that third period played out. Um, But for me, the bigger concern is just like, we know the Canucks have good players. Do those good players have skill sets that complement each other in the act of winning? And, you know, for all the talk about the center depth that this team has, first of all, loading up these guys, Bo Horvat, JT Miller, and Elias Pettersson on different lines sort of does leave you without elite wingers on your top line, right? Like you don't have a second top line caliber winger, frankly, on this team when you do that, right? JT Miller is your second top line caliber winger, right? It just is what it is. Yeah. Um, additionally, you know, their skills are all similar in that they're offensively based, right? I mean, none of those guys are elite two-way centerman at least at this point in in Pedersen's career um the penalty kill in particular is again you know crushing them killing them and it's not it's not just losing draws right it's not just one issue um it's multifaceted it's the fact that you know they're allowing the third highest rate of expected goals against right the goaltending hasn't been good at at um on the power play and yet you know, I mean, the chances that they're surrendering are so high quality that I don't think it's fair to be like, oh, well, it'll, it'll just regress. Like, yeah, it, it will over a large enough sample. But by that point, you you know, if you've won three of your first 15 games, you're, you're, you're kind of toast 
you're kind of toast in this league, especially in a Pacific division that's going to be really difficult. So they don't have a lot of time to figure this out. Um, my colleague Harmon Dial wrote at length about dropping JT Miller from the uh, first unit PK as a, as a potential salve. I, I think that's worth trying, particularly with Mikhaev coming back here. Um, but, you know, there's no easy answers. And, and I think while the defense is the fundamental issue for me, the, you know, inability of this group of, you know, good players to complement one another, um, I think rears its head on the penalty kill. And, and I think is, you know, something notable too, particularly because it's been doubled down on, right? Particularly because it's going to be hard to disassemble. This kind of is what this team is for a couple of years, unless you're going to make some really painful decisions. Um, you know, that's, that's a tough spot to be in for a new management. How quickly will uh, management act if the Canucks don't turn this around? Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll make some calls on that this week. Um, you know, I, one, would, one would think based on Jim Rutherford's history relatively quickly, and yet, you know, one would have expected more dramatic changes prior to the season than, than we saw. So um, I, I don't have a very good feel for it yet. I'm sure there's a ton of disappointment um, with, with how this club has played, particularly because some of the issues are some of what management was annoyed by, um, disturbed by in the preseason, right? I mean, for all the, like, the preseason doesn't matter talk, right? The goals against the lack of defensive structure the systematic disjointedness with which this team plays with like management was worried about that after the split squad calgary game that they hosted in the preseason so for them this isn't a three-game issue this is probably a three and a half week issue right and that's the sort of thing where yeah i mean you could see action somewhat quickly but i need to i need to do my homework before i give you a more definitive answer than that we're speaking to Thomas Drantz from the Athletic Vancouver here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Uh, you know, another thing that we were talking about today is like this game. We were talking about this with Portsline. This game has uh, a lot of importance, a lot of value. And for the Canucks, we we're toying back and forth with this. Like, is it good that they're going up against Columbus? Because Columbus hasn't won a game. Therefore, they're not playing that well. But they're also going to have a pretty high desperation factor, including the fact they're in front of their home fans. Now, complicating this whole thing as we look ahead to tonight is this certainly seems like it's a Spencer Martin game, does it not? So it's not exactly an ideal situation to throw your backup in, but maybe he can show something that Demko necessarily hasn't over the first three games. Or maybe, maybe just the old-fashioned change will do you good, something will be different, and you can go out and get a win tonight. I'm just really worried after the Capitals ground the Canucks down in the third, right? Like one thing that I'm worried about for tonight is Vancouver's really faded in the third period of all three of their first games, right? And now you're in a back-to-back, which is like a sort of elongated third period. <laughs> you know, you, you're, you're, you've got Quinn Hughes coming off a night where he played 27 minutes. You've got Kyle Burrows coming off a night where he played 24 minutes and took a massive slash to the face. Um, Oliver ekman Larson played 21. You know, that's going to be tough right there. The Columbus Blue Jackets are, have been one of the most permissive teams in the league through the first week. Um, you like that for the Canucks. They've surrendered a lot of shots. They've surrendered a lot of scoring chances. The Canucks have players that can do damage with limits. So if they're able to generate consistently, you'll, you'll like that for the Canucks. But yeah, I mean, I think this has to be a Spencer Martin game. Yeah. Uh, for sure, at this point in the season, you cannot 
you cannot just three games in throw your plan to monitor Demko's minutes into the wastebasket. Like, it cannot be that point in the year. It Nobody's can't. panicking here, but Demko, you're playing yeah. again. Trade JT yeah. Miller and Demko, you're playing every game this year. Uh, if, Aside if from that. Demko, yeah. If Demko plays again, that would be a sign of extraordinary weakness yeah, from the organization. Yeah, it would be. Like, like there's, no, there's no way to sugarcoat that. It would be, um, you know, cataclysmic sort of short-sightedness. Like, it, I, I think they'd open themselves up to significant criticism, particularly because Demko looks like he does need a break, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> and then, so yeah, I mean, you got to start Martin. You got to score. You know, this, this Blue Jackets team is vulnerable defensively at the moment, and that's going to be the path to, to winning here is to expose that and to let Vancouver's best players uh, do some damage offensively. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, this is not going to be an easy game on the second leg of a back-to-back, no matter what Columbus looks like as a team, um, you know, the, the Canucks are at a disadvantage schedule wise and for whatever reason, they've really struggled to sustain their form, whether it's because of fitness, whether it's, you know, mental fatigue, whatever it is, whatever it is, they've struggled late in games. And this is now another situation where they're going to be presumably playing tired. I think it's a big test. I think this group has a lot to sort of show here. Like they've got to, they've got to show uh, an awful lot to, to fans in this market, considering, um, you know, attending their games uh, <laughs> over the course of the latter part of this month. Drancer, we'll let you get to your smoke alarm in just a bit, but uh, yeah, when... sorry about that. <laughs> no problem. Um, I, you were, it was either that or you were on a submarine and you were pinging out some sort of message. I wasn't, <laughs> yeah. wasn't sure. Um, ping, Vasily. Do, do you think Rathbone will draw in tonight? I do. I do think Rathbone will draw in tonight, but man, is it not like it's just not a good sign for a 24 year old to uh, have to wait for this many injuries before they get their opportunity, right? I mean, if you can't crack this defense core at the age of 24. Um, you know, personally, just the way that I analyze players and the way that I assume uh, a pretty high level of evaluative competence among NHL head coaches and, and front offices. Like, I'm not one of those guys who's like, well, they were being underused. Like, I'm not one of those guys. That's not something I typically lean on in my analysis. I, I typically believe that if, the, if a guy's not getting opportunity, there's at least some reason for it. Your, your William Carlson stories, uh, William Carlson with John Tortorella, like your, your, your stories like that are, are few and far between. Uh, far more likely it's a Jordan Schrader thing, like give Schrader or Hodgson more ice time. And it's like, nah, you know, maybe there's a reason for that. Um, so, you know, I'm not, I just think it's a really bad sign that at 24, uh, considering his AHL stats, considering everything he's done, considering how he passes my eye test that, he, that he's, continue to struggle to carve out a role at the, in the NHL. I expect to see him, but I, I don't know that that's moving the needle here for the Canucks. And, and likewise, you know, I see some chatter in the market, people being like, well, when Myers gets back, um, you know, the defensive injuries have definitely hurt the Canucks. They're a better team with Dermot Myers and Pullman in the lineup, but like, let's not pretend that, that, that those uh, absences or those returns move the needle one way or the other for this team. Drancer, this was great, bud. Thanks a lot for doing it. We really appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the day and the game tonight. We will do this again next Tuesday. Sounds good, boys, and hopefully my fire alarm will be fixed. <laughs> Go put some batteries in that bad boy. Thanks, bud. <laughs> Bye. See ya. That's uh, Thomas Drance from The Athletic. Uh, he's also a host right here on Sportsnet 650. You can hear him later today. I was just getting used to the beeping. I I it was soothing. I can I'm keep doing it in the background. Yeah, I'm just going to beep once every Bing. minute. I think.
Okay, uh, it is what we learned time here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Reminder, get yours in. Dunbar Lumber text line is 650-650. What did you learn over the last 24 hours in sports? Let us know. Laddie and a dog both have what we learned. I'm excited. Laddie dropped one in my ear. I'll just steal your thunder. It's not your what we learned, but Mike Keenan got hired by the Italian national team. He sure did. Wow. Did not see that coming. The 2026 Olympic Winter Games on the horizon. They've solidified their coach. They got Mike Iron Mike Keenan. Okay, well, I learned that. That's good. Okay, now tell me your what we learned. My actual what we learned. Yes. Uh, Shohei Otani just got off the uh, the plane. He went back to Japan. He's doing some media. And they asked him about his season with the L.A. Angels. Of course, he's a free agent coming up at the end of next season. And his answer was, I have a rather negative impression of the season. So do with it what you will. Oh, I thought but, you, had, uh, you had audio there. No, no, no. Yes. There's, uh, I think it was in Japanese. This is a translated yeah. article. But, he said it was uh, a good season for him personally. Yes. Not so good for the Angels. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is going to be really interesting because um, I think it's already established that the Angels are not a good franchise. It's also that they're up for Aren't, sale. Yeah, they're getting sold. They're right? up for sale. They've got yeah. this incredible asset in Otani. There's very few players that would actually dramatically affect the franchise valuation, but he's one of them mm-hmm. because he is a global icon. I think they have, did you say it was seven different Japanese-based reporters just covering the Angels? Yeah, I remember when I was... team to Tokyo. Well, now there's an idea. <laughs> the man is thinking uh, outside the box, but also inside the box because there is something to be said for keeping him at all costs. Yeah, I don't know if there's ever been a player like this with the international appeal and the unicorn-like nature where he can do it all. He's mm-hmm. their, he's almost their entire team. It w- to almost to the point where you would – I can't say you'd ever mortgage the future or maybe not make winning a World Series a priority, but he is that unique. And if you're selling a team, him being a part of it is a huge part of the negotiation, I would say. What is his contract situation? Uh, off the top of my head, end of next season. End of next season. End of season. Yeah, yeah. Right. right. Okay. And then is he if, so intriguing? Is he so is he unrestricted or like would there be compensation if you were to sign somewhere? Well, else? there's always compensation in right. MLB for, right. for draft picks yeah. when a free agent leaves, but that would that right. would be it. So he's already yeah. agreed to a thirty million dollar deal, which is no small chunk of change for 2023. That's an absurd amount of money. That's his final year before full blown free agency, and the Angels have obviously said that they want to keep him, but this becomes. I mean, we could be in consecutive summers here where, like, Aaron Judge changes locales. We've talked about that quite a bit, right? He's going to be a free agent going into the year. And Shohei Otani, like, that would be an amazing shift Have in the power dynamics. Have there been two dynamics. bigger free agents in MLB history not, in recent memory? Not back-to-back. Oh, back, back. Not like that's that, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and for Otani, there's obviously the thirst and the desire to go somewhere where he can win more than, like, 73 games a year. And right? it makes the trade deadline more intriguing, too, because you could potentially get dealt at the deadline. Right. Good what we learned, laddie. Moo cow it. It was fresh. New new info just came across. So I hey wanted dog, to get it out. Hey, dog, you go. You're, you're, I know you're making the break signal with your hands. That's what that is, right? You're not snapping some sort of an Correct. carbon rod. He says he wants to break your neck. Yeah. Uh, I can do it quick. That's fine. Okay. Uh, yeah, this was actually pointed out by uh, Rob the Hockey Guy on Twitter yesterday, and I just did a little more research on it. But, yeah, the Canucks appear to have dropped their uh, – what was it? I've already forgotten. What, unfinished for, business. Oh, thank you. Unfinished. Yeah. They've already dropped the unfinished business slogan, and it is now our pursuit. And I even coming to work this morning, I noticed one of those flashing bus stop ads already had the uh, our pursuit up there. This our only, pursuit? Our pursuit is their new slogan. This is only like two days old, and they've already slapped the ad everywhere across the city. It's Better all than across the town. slogan. And, uh, yeah, they've unfinished business, no more. Now it's our pursuit. Unfinished business I get. 
What is our pursuit? To hold a lead? Is that about the forecheck again? Or? I, don't, I don't know. But uh, I guess they feel it's less likely to get memed, I guess, into oblivion than uh, Unfinished Business um, was. I'm going to go out on a limb. Although, it's, I mean, all, right away when I saw it, I was like, what, our pursuit for Connor Bedard, I'm assuming, is what they're hinting at. I'm going to go out on a limb and suggest that the Unfinished <laughs> Business thing was probably started by the players and then probably nixed at either uh, a higher level, God forbid, a marketing level. But it was out there for sure. It mm. wasn't working, so I'm not surprised they made the change. But I mean, people, of course, are. Oh, already, I know, I know exactly what. So it is. after three already games joking. of the season, there's been a players-only meeting and a slogan change. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the business has been finished. I <laughs> never. If they lose three more games, the slogan will change again. You know, I didn't have changing the slogan on the bingo card, right? Of all the things that are going to happen before the. Who knows? That all might have been planned out. Like maybe it, it, it does seem it, weird it, it, that it they my used eye, it and then it just died. Like in that it, same. It's piece. just been completely wiped off the face. Well, was there like an emergency? team sent out to the, like the bus depot to, I don't, or I don't the, know. the bus uh, stops to I just noticed when I when Probably. I saw it going to work yeah. today I was like wow that was fast like I'm already on the bus stop ads uh, crazy Rob the hockey guy whose sole purpose apparently is to scour Twitter for things like this said that the words unfinished business haven't been used by the Canucks official Twitter account since September 22nd right social media accounts like they're all orchestrated to make it seem not super obvious and try and make it organic, but there's nothing organic. Well, everything from a team social media account is staged and planned. Occasionally, something will happen spontaneously that, that makes it sound like they're cool and funny. But the majority of it is planned like a long time in advance. It's just a media rollout, mm-hmm. right? So for some reason or another, uh, certain levels of the organization thought this was okay. And then they quickly rolled it back on every front imaginable. Well, like it's all the comedy that was coming from like, ooh, this hasn't worked the way we thought it would. I mean, again, if I wanted if I wanted to play armchair psychologist, it's probably a bunch of unnecessary pressure. I thought you guys said you had unfinished business this year. Right. You've lost six straight. Is the business finished? So the, the new question becomes, talk about your pursuit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how, how this is going to help necessarily because, again, the jokes are already coming in, but they're trying their darndest. It, it is better than the Leafs one, though. It has to be. What is the Leafs one? Forever don't stop. Forever yeah, don't stop. Like, oh, I never even figured out what that means. I like, still what? don't know what Forever that means. don't stop. No comments. It's like no they were in a boardroom and they were just like, yelling out things <laughs> at each other. Forever don't stop. <laughs> Forever don't hey, stop. we'll put that together. Forever That's good. Yeah. Yeah. What about life is a highway? Better. I like it. Coming up on the Alpin and Bruff Show, Humanoid, what we learn. Oh, and we're all losing our minds. That's Sport, great. Sportsnet, 650. Now for my favorite part of the show. What did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always dead. All right. 8.36 on a Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet, 650. Again, can't be angry at this music. You can be as pissed off as you want at the local hockey squad. That's our winless, baby. But when this comes on, it's all smiles. Well, some smiles. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are also brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. You can visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today we're coming to you live from the kintech studio kintech footwear and orthotics canada's favorite orthotics providers supported by over 1500 five-star google reviews find your perfect fit at kintech.net uh, it is what we learned time humanoid edition it means we got to print them out first the only way to do it you print it out and then you read it 
like your grandpa on the internet. Uh, Chris and Surrey, what we learned, I learned that I don't believe JT Miller is best suited as a center. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Bruce Boudreaux does with that. Get the lotto line back together. Honestly, might not be a bad idea. Got to win. Got to get a win. If you're desperate, you're not going to play Demko. You're not that desperate. But Yeah. Um, I don't know. I go back and forth on this one. I understand the concept and the allure of having one, two, three centers. Mm-hmm. But um, let's... Let's try and contextualize JT Miller's style of play here. Um, I don't think it's going to change. No. I don't think puck management is ever going to be his strong suit. And I think part he's of that a is a high risk, high reward player. That's, that's the way that he's wired. That's like, the way he passes. When you when you see him passing in the offensive end or pretty much anywhere around the ice, he wants to make he doesn't want to just make a boring pass. He wants to create something. He wants to create something. That's how he scored like 94 points last year. It is a gunslinger mentality. Now, here's the thing. JT Miller right now has three points in three games. Right? If, if Just consider yeah. this. Consider this. If he's he a point-of-game guy. If he keeps playing the way that he's playing, he'll be an 82-point guy with all the warts and flaws and what have you. So maybe, maybe not giving him the responsibility of playing center and throwing him out to the wing where, let's be honest, He's effective, scores a ton of points, and is a catalyst. Maybe it's not such a worst idea. Chet in Burnaby, what we learned. I learned if the Canucks collapse any harder, light won't be able to escape. The Canucks are a, a black hole. Is that is that what you're saying? I think that's what he was Chet getting and Burnaby? at. I think that's what Chet and Burnaby, that was the illusion there. Again, they... Yeah, can you imagine if the Canucks collapsed so badly that a whole new universe was created? I mean, they have collapsed like no other NHL team in history. This is the Canucks have blown another call. lead, and look at that star just being dragged into the black hole. It's just eternal darkness. You don't see that every day. <laughs> just staring into the abyss as they go further and further into the darkness. That sweet release. Ryan in talking. Ryan in Black Creek. I learned we need to call a fans-only meeting. Yeah, the fan base. Call it an only We fans. have one every morning Only here. fans. Yeah. Only fans. Only fans meeting. This oh isn't what I thought it was going to be at all. It's terrible. It's so expensive. You got to pay to get in, but also nobody's erotic. attractive here. Yeah. Weirdly, I would erotic. not pay yeah. for this. Anyway, don't pay for OnlyFans. Uh, yeah, the fan base is actually kind of coming together a little bit, <laughs> in despising how the Canucks are starting the season, because the the the, the fan base that supported the bringing everyone back and essentially what the team has done, like they're feeling a little bit. Um, what's the word? Uh, cheated or, you know, like I was tricked and the, the fan base that said you need to make, you need to make, uh, more changes. They're like, I told you so, but regardless, nobody likes what's going on here. There are very few people texting into the show or that I see on social media that are like taking the positive route. Maybe a few, maybe a few, but definitely not as many as normal. Like, what would be the positives right now, guys? Andy's on the telephone. Uh, what would be the positives right now? Demko's healthy. That's okay. <laughs> that is accurate and fair. Um, Pedersen's look good. I think Pedersen has looked good. Yeah. That's a big one. Uh, Kuzmenko has been good. He's been good. So there's two. Um, That's it. That's it. That's all we got, right? Just keep texting. I mean, they're scoring the goals. Oh, they got three leads in three games. Multi-goal yeah. leads. The first periods have been... Well, even the one in Philly wasn't that good. So. No, they can't say the first. The first period against Edmonton was good. Um, anything else? Am I missing anything? Text in. Shen has some no. strong words. That 650, was kind of cool. 650. 
what their, their their press availabilities have been strong. Yeah, yeah, they've been uh, they've been showing up. All right, uh, we're not getting a lot of texts in on this front, by the way. Uh, what we learned unsigned text. I learned that the Canucks are about to pay for my mortgage with this money line bet. There's no way they lose the first four in a row, right? Right. The second of back to backs are always tough. You know, Quinn Hughes played a lot last night. Kyle Burrows played a lot last night. 24 and 27 minutes, respectively. They, you know, they're coming up against a Columbus team that's also winless, and you imagine Columbus is going to be pretty desperate as well. Expectations are different. The Canucks have more talent than the Blue Jackets, but the Canucks had more talent than the Flyers, and the Flyers had something to prove, and they proved it. By the way, a very underrated moment of Aaron Portsline's breakdown and scouting report on the Blue Jackets is, quote, it must be exhausting to be a goalie for this team because the puck is in your zone all the time. Yeah. So that's going to be another, like, sort of not necessarily a, a marker of whether the game's going well or not, but if the Canucks can't keep sustained pressure and sustained sustain zone time against this team, I think that's more red flags. It's usually hard on the second of a back-to-back, though. I know, but... But I agree with you. Okay, because, like, the first period yesterday... Boudreaux said in the aftermath, that's kind of how we wanted to play it, is we wanted it to be low event hockey. And God bless them. They sure accomplished that. They like, did not. The first period was, I think it was six shots apiece at the end oh, of it. Oh, in the, yeah, in the first. In the first period. There just yeah. wasn't a lot going on. Yeah. They, weren't, they were like, let's bring some events into this game. Yeah. And like the Canucks goal was a misplayed by Kemper and the, the, the um, Washington yeah. goal was early. There was a big stretch. On the power play. Yeah, yeah. There was a big stretch in the second pe- first period where not much happened. Things all started to go wrong when the events started happening. Yeah, and yeah. then events started happening, and everyone was like, this is no good. We, we can't, can't handle have- the events. We need less, less events. events. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got a text about Lazar being good. Eh? There's another one. So there's th- we're up to three. Yeah. Anything else? He hasn't been winning his face-offs. <laughs> in, in, <laughs> That's been in bad. The, in the PK, it matters. In the PK, it matters. It does. They brought him in. You know, he's right. He's a right shot. He's going to win some faceoffs. Uh, Gunner from Kelowna. What we learned: the Canucks will be bringing us huge volumes of entertaining sports radio talk. Don't I don't be, know, don't man. Be isn't so it sure the same, about that. Isn't it the same thing over and over? Oh, Brooks going to get mad. Like that's boring. They have to say right. like un, very unkind things. Halford's going to get. Gonna get f- Halford's going to get frustrated at Breath because he's. He's, I don't know, throwing the show off, and he can't talk about what's going on in the NBA tonight. Or Soccer. Soccer. I think it's entertaining I, uh, as heck, but that's just me. What's that? I think it's entertaining as heck, but that's just well, me. Well, you haven't been with the show long, right? Yeah, I haven't gone through you know what I miss? with you guys. You know what I miss? I miss making fun of other fan bases while having a leg to stand on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that was nice. Wasn't that fun? That was nice. That was good. Ah, yeah. those days, right? You know what was Didn't fun we're... was uh, kicking other people when they were down <laughs> and you were up. <laughs> when we were up, right? Like <laughs> was... being being a legitimate bully. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lesson to the kids but, out there, right? Like, like there's nothing better there's than being There's one thing a the school-aged children can take away from this show. <laughs> God, it feels good. It feels just so good. It's so empowering. Yeah. You know, well, we like, you just feel any. like a big man. We don't have that anymore, though. I mean, honestly, going into tonight's game, what's the storyline? Well, these two teams both stink. They're 0-3. They've both given up 14 goals. It's almost to the point where it's like, say the line, Bart. Like, we're just, yeah. we're all expecting it. Uh, the Canucks are losing again. <laughs> they yeah. have unfinished business. Here's <laughs> one for you, Halford. It's, uh, it's from Soapy. What we learned, okay. uh, Karim Benzema won the Balloon d'Or. Balloon. Balloon. <laughs> it's a balloon. <laughs> what, what is this big balloon you got? me? because you're the best soccer player in listen, the world. Listen, I nearly <laughs> called him Benzema. Which sounds like a skin condition, yeah. but it's Kareem Benzema. Benzema's killing me. Ballon d'Or, the first Frenchman to do so since uh, Zidane. Yep, that's right. Right. And uh, at the ripe old age of 
what is he, 35? Benzema had a tremendous year, obviously capped off by Real Madrid uh, winning the Champions League. And it's interesting because he, I don't know, if you go, he's got a very colorful, checkered uh, history. Yeah. So if you go back. His and, Wikipedia page is very interesting. There's a lot. I'm like, I didn't even know you could do that, but apparently you could. Um, so he was out of the French national team for a long time. And now he's kind of back in. And we were talking about this off the air. Going into the World Cup now, it seems like every day you wake up to news of another very fundamentally important player getting hurt, which is what the concern was for um, a Winter World Cup. All these domestic leagues are underway. So I bring this up because Benzema and the French team are going to be one of the favorites at the World Cup. Right. But they've also suffered one of those injuries because Nogolo Kante, who plays for Chelsea and has been a stalwart for them, is out with injury. And it just seems like every day there's another injury and another injury and another injury. Just hope it doesn't befell Canada because I want Canada to try and get first a goal mm -hmm. and then at least one point in the group at the World Cup. Dan, in Fort St. John, what we learned, Boudreaux began the season one win away from 600, and there's a non-zero chance he doesn't get it with the Canucks. Oh, man. Don't. Come on. <laughs> They'll win one more game. With Bruce Boudreaux as a head coach. That's the house of positivity right there. That's the bright the glass is half full with this guy, huh? The, the Canucks will win one game this season with Boudreaux. Do I think he, do you think they'll win do you think they'll win one game on this road trip? They got two left. So it's a so the I, challenge the challenge is is yeah. that tonight is the second of a back to back against a Columbus team that's also going to be desperate. So uh -huh. that's so that's the challenge. The the, the win one game challenge? This is the, the win challenge. one game challenge. <laughs> win one game challenge. But the second challenge is let's say let's say Our they pursuit. don't <laughs> let's say they don't do it against Columbus. Okay. Then you go into Minnesota against I think we can all agree like a good team, but one that's off to a bad start that will have two games off, so a day off and then a day to practice to prepare for a Canucks team, and you're going to get a desperate Minnesota team. Boudreaux's like, gentlemen, there's a crippled boy in the audience that wants to see me win my 600th game. I know this because I crippled it myself. <laughs> They're pulling out all what the stops. What a coach. They're pulling out all the stops. What a motivator. Um, I don't even want to do this because the last prediction I had was roughly 24 hours ago where I said, uh, Monday night in, in Washington will be a quote-unquote Demco night mm -hmm. where he'll he'll stone the Capitals and maybe get a shutout. You said shutout. You said the word shutout. Yeah, I know. Do I regret? So it's your fault. And then what happened? Uh, six goals, which is not the opposite of a shutout, but close. And then they scored like one minute into the game. That was the worst part, <laughs> was the dream died so quickly. I'm like, are you guys doing Did you hear me? Is this why you're doing it like this? But um, So I'm very hesitant because you're asking, will they go 0-5, basically? Uh, tonight's the game that they should win, really. Columbus is not good. Columbus is without Patrick Laine. Uh, Columbus's defense is not good. There's some guy named Blankenberg playing for them now. Uh, but at that, that being said, everything you just pointed out is maybe a little too frighteningly accurate. Like, they are really desperate, and they're at home, mm -hmm. and they don't want to lose a fourth game. I'm going to say it, though, because why? Why would I learn from anything? I'm going to say it. Canucks win tonight in Columbus. Chet and Burnaby, what we learned, I learned Evgeny Kuznetsov is my new least favorite player. I don't know what was worth his savagery towards Burroughs or his multiple dives. I shouldn't have said it out loud. Damn it. Yeah, I know. This is going to be brutal. What okay. are you talking about? I shouldn't have said it out loud. Canucks what? are going to win tonight. He just has said it out loud. So now they're going to oh. lose like 19 You asked, nothing. and I wanted to answer the question. In, I think they're going to win tonight. In, with bold flavors. But now I'm tempering that down to maybe just mm -hmm. salt. Um, to the uh, Kuznetsov thing. So for those that missed it, 
He's got a hearing today for the slash on Burroughs, which hindsight being 2020, that feels like a really egregious missed call from the referee. Mm-hmm. That was about as one. He got a penalty for it, though. Yeah, yeah, two-minute minor. Yeah. That should, I mean, you look at it, and you're mm-hmm. like, that's savagery. That should be yeah. five. Like, you shouldn't be in the game anymore after that. Burroughs wasn't hurt by it, though. And then he had the audacity to hit Burroughs when he was on the ice, prone, face down. And then he was flopping. Now, the flopping, that's part and parcel with Kuznetsov. He's a diver. He's a known diver. I mean, I think he's been on the NHL's divers list every season. So I don't really – I mean, that just is what it is. When Horvat t- – it was Horvat that took the penalty on Kuznetsov in the third, right, at the start of the third when they scored? I don't know. I kind of blanked out a little bit. <laughs> I think it was. Um, there was a combination of he's diving, but also you can't call that. Don't call that penalty on me because we stink on the penalty. It was, so it was a combination right. of factors. Please, Please don't call so it. Much, a lot of begging from the Canucks. <laughs> right? like it was, you had that feeling of dread. Like, oh, no. he's getting, The ref got suckered by a dive. Also, now we got to try and kill off this penalty. And then 15 seconds later, it's like, oh, it's over. They scored. Sham with what we learned. What we learned ever since the Canucks named a new captain post-Sedin era, doesn't matter which coach, what team, or which management, this team lacks leadership, period. And then it was all caps with the period. Then three, three, count them, three exclamation marks that from Sham. It, that means Sham means business. So it's the Sedin's fault is what he's saying. Yeah, they, do, they, they got old. They hexed us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a few ways to interpret that text. That is one of them. The old Swedish curse. <laughs> yeah. you know, One you're of not, the more unknown you know. curses, but the Swedes <laughs> can put a curse on you. It's a very polite, demure <laughs> curse, but it'll still get you. Uh, Mike, the urologist from Brockville, what we learned, aside from the bubble, this group has never, all caps again, a lot of all caps today, demonstrated consistent work ethic and execution. There is no excuse for bringing back the same group. A coaching change is not the answer. We've already done that. Yep. We need a significant roster change. Otherwise, we're stuck like this for another half decade. Hell, even with the change, I think we're stuck like this for another half decade if not longer. I hope that if it gets to the point where Canucks management goes, all right, this isn't good enough this isn't and things working. need to change, let's not F around with the change. Let's make some bold moves. Nah, let's nibble at the edges. Let's keep doing An that. actual rebuild, you mean? Like a real, true, Let's not call it a rebuild. Goodness. Let's not call it a rebuild. Let's call it a major retool. Just oh, go no. back to what we were saying oh, about no. Colorado's. You Colorado, ide- You yeah. identify three or four guys that you're, you're ride or dies. I hate saying that out loud. And those are the I guys you're going to hate gonna, that you said it. You're going to, that's how, yeah, but that's who Demko, you're going to go Pedersen, with. Demko, Hughes. They're yeah. the untouchables. Everyone else. But we've had this conversation so many times. I know. It's very painful and it hurts my soul. But we're going to have it again. You know what? I found the one guy who's not freaked out about what's going on right now. His name is Rob. Oh, I want to hear from Rob him. in Mission. Okay, cool. His is a what we relearned. So I'm, I'm assuming he's mocking the constant repetitive nature of Sportsnet 650's programming. What would he relearned? The Vancouver sports market is very quick to hit the panic button on an 82-game season. Rob then writes... I'm personally not panicking whatsoever. How nice for you. Uh, I like what I've seen from my handful of Canucks, and we are a handful of timely Demko saves away from 3-0, and not 0-3. He should go and tell that to Bruce Boudreau or the Canucks. The Canucks would be like, hey, get out of our room. Yeah, why <laughs> Like, this... we've been awful. <laughs> and Demko's <laughs> like, like we, why are you putting this on me, Ron? There, there's no excuse for the way we've played. Who's this guy carrying a hookah into the locker room? <laughs> yeah. Boys, hey, just calm down and relax. Just it's going to be fine. Like, do, you, do you think Canucks management is looking at this and going like, 
I'm not pretty, worried. Yeah, we're a few <laughs> a few things away. Um, I you know, and again, a few timely Demko saves from being three and zero and not zero and three. Um, it is a very dangerous game, as we've seen, to constantly rely on your goalie to bail you out. Here's the thing: How about you put forth a performance where you're not relying on your goalie to make a few timely saves? Maybe he's got an off night and you still win. What a concept! What an amazing concept. Good teams do it all the time. Yeah. Good teams do it all the time. Hey, Mike. You they find you ways s- to win. They manufacture victories. Yes, what? You said ride or die just a minute ago. Oh, God. Oh, God. It was a mistake when I said it. It remind me of? What? How do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just thought I'd throw that in. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay. Same all right. Vibes. So uh, yesterday we ended the show with like a rousing, let's go Canucks. Let's get a win. Can we go opposite now? Should we go opposite? Like, I don't even know anymore, I don't man. believe in you, Canucks. That feels worse somehow. <laughs> like reverse psychology? Reverse out of it? psychology. Yeah. Reverse psychology will win. Bit of a <laughs> don't pro- do it. Yeah, don't don't win tonight. I don't want you to win. What's the opposite of pursuit? <laughs> Running away. Retreat. Yeah. Our retreat. Our retreat. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the ones that didn't make the, the final slogan. Uh. First off, I love it. Okay, uh, we're going to go now. Because we're all collectively our retreat. Our retreat. We're all collectively That's the rebuild. Lo- we're, all, we're all collectively losing our minds. And it's time for the Jeff Merrick show. Reminder: Sat and Dan, the pregame show. It's on the TV tonight. Be sure to watch that. And then Canucks and Blue Jackets at four o'clock. We'll be back at six o'clock tomorrow morning. But for now, we gotta go. Signing off. I have been Mike Alford. He has been Jason Bruff. He's been the A Dog. He's been Laddie. This has been the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet six fifty.